Hi, good morning everybody. Hope you're okay. Lovely to be able to um, join with you again this morning and uh, just trust everything's okay in your world. Um, I hope you like the little bit of jazzy music there at the start. Um, thought we'd try something a little bit different. Um, but yeah, let's just pray together, shall we? And then um, we'll get cracking and got a few things coming up. So Lord, we just thank you for your amazing love. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are and all that you do. And I just pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that um, we would have a sense, Lord, of connection with you today, Lord, and connection with one another. Lord, I pray that in the things that we share together, the things that in the ways in which we worship together, that Lord Jesus, your presence will be with us, Lord, wherever we are. We thank you, Lord God. We love you. We think you're amazing. We love you, Jesus. Great. Okay, I thought this morning I'd just kick us off with um, just a little um, video that I came across the other day. It's um, like... Um, Three and a half minutes, I think it is, something like that. Uh, story of Jesus in animation from the Bible Society. And uh, yeah, see what you make of it. I thought it was pretty cool. Jesus, he did a lot of stuff. Let me share a story in three and a half minutes-ish. We'll kick off here. David, yeah, he's not Jesus, but he sang about him. God even tells Dave this future king was going to be part of his family tree. Dave's loving that. A few hundred years later, we meet these two. They meet shepherdy salt and wise peeps as Mary gives birth to Jesus, then lullabies God's son to sleep in a feeding trough. Honestly, there's worse places on TripAdvisor. Then, Herod hunts Jesus because he's worried the baby king rumour isn't fake news. They escape, lay low, then get the welcome home at out in Nazareth. Phew. Mary and George do a home alone and lose 12-year-old Jesus. But all's good, because he's in the temple teaching the teachers. I wonder if he threw pink cans at the Pharisees. Jesus grows up, gets dunked by John Ali, anything Bear Grylls doesn't Baptist, and receives the spirit as Dad in Heaven makes a gushing speech. Hashtag proudest dad in the universe. Next, he's tested in the desert and has a scripture slam against Satan. Jesus smashes it. Then a wedding in Cana, miracle in a vintage with water. Who needs vineyards of Bordeaux when you Jesus, eh? Good news, he makes it a fish, but the locals aren't convinced. Didn't this guy do my lock conversion? Still, he does loads of epic things. Too many to count in three and a half minutes-ish, but here's ten highlights. One, Jesus tours Galilee and heals all sorts of people. Not licorice. Two, catches fishermen. They bowled over when this carpenter catches more fish than Captain Birdseye, so they leave their rods and follow him. Jesus, that is, not Captain Birdseye. Three, he's on a hill giving the best TED Talk ever. Hashtag, blessed are the ones who... Next slide, please. Four, he's on a boat that tells a storm put a sock in it. Five, feeds 5,000 with five baguettes and a couple of fish kicks. Mmm, got to ketchup. Six, hangs out with Mary while Martha loads the dishwasher. She feels hard done by, but what's better, dishes or devotion? Seven, Jesus brings dead mate Lazarus back to life. Eight, tells told to me stories about how God feels about us. Put on your party hats, go all out in the buffet, my son was dead, now he's alive. Nine, after meeting little Zach on the nose from a treehouse, he rides a donkey on a bunch of palm leaves. Come on, we've all done it. Then, ten, he's at the temple and he's fuming. Jesus kicks off for the corruption and sends the payday loan scammers packing. Next, the final few days. It's last supper time with the team as someone tucking into the breadsticks is about to sell Jesus out. Before that, Jesus sets example and scrubs filth off his followers' feet. Then, filled to the brim with anxiety, Jesus breaks out into a blood sweat. He prays for another way but chooses the Father's way. The rabble and Judas set the betrayal in motion. He's arrested, interrogated and thrown before Pilate for the verdict. Hashtag, we want death sentence. This guy's got a Messiah complex. Pilate stalls, as does Herod, till Pilate finally backs down and washes his hands of the whole thing, crucifixion. Suffering on a cross, mess of the world on his shoulders, then it is finished. Jesus dies and is put in a tomb. 
three days later, his body vanishes to be found. Mary thinks it's a random important plant, but it's not Titch Moss, it's Jesus. He's back, raised, resurrected, alive. Back with the team, Tom's having none of it. Classic, until he sees the nail marks in Jesus' hands to prove it. Risen Jesus spends 40 days with his followers, has a beach barbecue with his fisher mates, even rambles with a couple chatting the big picture of scripture. Then it's time. Jesus clocks off so the Holy Spirit can clock on. Though the disciples won't get shortchanged from the ship change. What's better? One-time encounter or lifelong membership? He commissions the gang to be his reps everywhere and as he takes the heavenly escalator to the right side of the Father, he simply says, wait. That's cool, isn't it? I quite like that, really. But just that little bit at the end there sort of particularly uh, fits with the message I'm going to share a little bit later on. So um, hope it's helpful. Brilliant. Okay, so just a couple of notices before we spend some time uh, worshipping together. Um, obviously, tomorrow, 17th of May, um, is next step, isn't it, in terms of our route out of lockdown. And um, I, I know a number of you have been um, asking me about... Um, you know, what are we doing and how are we uh, planning forward in terms of our Sunday gatherings and what have you. And I just pray for us with that. When you're hoping this week that we'll be able to really get a sort of a route out for ourselves in that in terms of why we get, you know, in terms of um, how we manage Sundays going forward and how that can be. So, um, but one of the things we can do actually, so just please do pray for that when you, and um, sorry if we, you know, if, if um, uh, I'm sort of, given enough clarity on that yet but we are just still working on that and moving forward so do pray and, and but one of the things we can do actually is uh, meet outside and so we're trying to thinking about one way perhaps if there's an outside worship we can do sometime uh, which I think stand to be corrected think we'll be able to sing if we were all outside um, and a group of up to 30 but also means that we can have some outside connect groups so um, if you are interested in an outside connect group, I've had a few people who've, who've confirmed that they would be. Um, if you'd be interested in, in having an outside connect group uh, during the week, I know many of us would still prefer to stay on Zoom and that is perfectly fine, that's, that's cool. Um, but weather permitting, um, then just let me know, won't you? Get in touch with me or email the office and, uh, and we'll try and connect that together. So um, yeah, brilliant. And what we'd do is we would have a connect group outside um, you know, still doing all that is required of us in terms of social distancing, but, but at least you'd see someone, hey, so. Brilliant. Well, let's just worship together, shall we? Some of these beautiful songs that the guys have recorded for us. Um, let's just let them really touch our hearts and let us worship Jesus in these songs, shall we? Brilliant.
Searching for answers 
Thank you, Father, that you are a good, good Father. You are the one who cares for us and loves us and walks with us. We love you, God. We love you, God. Okay, I'm just going to carry on from the theme that started last week. You know, we've got Pentecost next week, I think it is, and we, we're um, thinking about how we um, grow in that sense of empowerment in the Holy Spirit to do all that God has called us to do. Um, and so I just thought I'd continue on that same theme of look, thinking of some thoughts from Acts chapter 1. So um, I hope it's okay with you, but I pre-recorded it this week uh, in the garden. Not such a great backdrop as last week. We had nice greenery last week. I did it against the, the house this week, and um, it's probably not quite so pretty, but I hope this is helpful. Okay, Lord bless you. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, I just ask that we will be able to engage with the scriptures together this morning and that God we just really get hold of your heart and your will. Things that are from me, Lord, let them fall to one side. The things that are from you, let them burn in our hearts and challenge us and change us, I pray in Jesus' name. So, Book of Acts. We started last week looking at this, didn't we? And, and uh, let me just read to you right from the beginning. It says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one such occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised you, which you have heard me speak about. For God baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we thought last week about how um, Luke, as he writes the book of Acts, um, is, is giving us an account of the continuing work and ministry of Jesus. And, uh, and, so, and, and I suggested to you that in one sense we are still in, that, um, uh, those, um, in those um, Acts days. Um, Excuse me, just one second, I'm going to straighten out my camera. 
There you go, I just realised we were all a bit crooked. <laughs> so we're still in that axe age, aren't we? Um, and, and so um, I was asking the question, of what, how do we engage with this New Testament church? If we are meant to be like the people who lived out Acts, and we thought a bit about some of the amazing things that we see in the book of Acts um, last week, if we, how do we engage with that? How do we be like those sorts of people? Um, and, um, and so I sort of talked a little bit around that last week and just introduced that and, um, and, and thought a bit of, gave a quick review of, overview of Acts and some of the stuff that we might be aspiring to um, and then sort of came down on this thought that, that Jesus had them wait for a while. Now waiting is not inactivity, I touched that last week, but he was saying to them, you know, you need this, uh, you need this Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit power uh, to be able to do the things that I'm calling you to do. And so you've got to wait until you get that. And, uh, and, and I'm suggesting to you today that there is a sense in which as we are looking at what God is calling us to do, the, the, the call of God on us as individuals and as a church, we want to be a church and individuals who live the sort of life that we see those people in the book of Acts leading, then there is uh, some things to learn from here. And there are four things that I think we see in Acts chapter 1 that were distinctive about the way Way that they were called to wait, that I can think and influence the way that we approach our desire to be empowered by God, by His Holy Spirit, to do what Jesus calls us to do. You know, if you are thirsty for something more in God, then this should speak to you. You know, Jesus talked about that in, in, in John's Gospel, about how uh, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he was talking there of this anointing, this gift of the Holy Spirit that was going to be given. And, and, and if we're feeling that sometimes we struggle with power to get God's will done, then this is going to help us to, to get into that place. And so... Let's just get into the book, shall we, and think a little bit more about it. So we read on in the book of Acts chapter 1. So they met together. So when they met together, they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Excuse me, I don't know whether you can hear that, but there's a couple of pigeons having a little bit of a fight over there, so there we go. Um, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who you have seen taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Now we're going to read on a little bit further in a while, but um, there's, there's four things. There's two um, attitudes that I think that are challenged here, two um, attitudes or adjustments in their attitudes that was required, and there are two spiritual practices that, that we see embedded in their culture and their way that they lived as individuals and as a, and as a community, a church community. Um, and, and so let's just think about the two attitudes for a moment, shall we? These two attitudes that we see there. The first one that we see here is evidence. When Jesus says to them, you will wait and you will receive power, um, uh, sorry, when Jesus tells them to wait in Jerusalem until they get the promise that, that, that the Father is going to be sent. Uh, and their response is to say to him, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See, they were seeing this promise of power from the Holy Spirit 
they couched that immediately. Their response was, we want you to do something for us. We, uh, they were setting a political and racial agenda for the work of God. So they were saying, we asked, you know, they'd been with Jesus for three and a half years and they still hadn't got it that Jesus was expanding what he was doing in the earth to the nations, not just to one nation. And, and, and it just strikes me that what Jesus then says to them is, um, um, his response is to say, um, you, sorry, let me just read it, let me get it in my head right again. He said, it's not for you to know times or dates um, that the Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea and to the ends of the earth. See, his response to them is to say, boys, you're missing the point. <laughs> Guys, you just got, come on, I've been with you all this time. You know, um, you, you are seeking for God's activity in the earth to be about politics, to be about racial um, uh, priority, but actually God has a different agenda. Here. You have a God has a different agenda, and and what they wanted to do was to use power for their own agendas, and in this case, it was a political agenda, rather than to use power to be the witnesses of Jesus to the ends of the earth. So Jesus, it's like Jesus saying, you know, this is not going to be about you getting your nation preeminent, or God somehow now backing you up as a nation. This is going to be about the, the, your, the priority for your call and ministry and life must be being a witness for Christ in the world. And in the centuries to come, we're going to see that this is an issue that we have to visit again and again and again. Issues of control. You don't have to read church history very much to realise that the idea of control of, of an elite group or of, or of one particular people group thinking they can control another people group using a, a religious tag. Um, you don't have to read too much church history to realise that that has been an issue for us again and again and again. Sometimes it has been in the realm of politics. You study uh, European history, you'll see that. You can look at it in recent days in what happened in the evangelical community in the States and that is still you know, bubbling away there really. That idea where politics becomes more important than faith. And power becomes more important than faith and we see God's grace as a means to get our political agenda forced forward or our will done or for somebody to enforce their will upon other people. Again and again and again we've seen that throughout church history. You see true power, true power comes when we choose to be Jesus' witnesses. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, like, you, yeah, you can be involved in politics, no problem. You know, uh, you might, your main call in life might be in the realm of, uh, of uh, a business or, or whatever it may be. Whatever it is that you're doing in life, you know, yeah, that, that's all great. But let's make sure that your priority is being one who represents the nature and the character and the will and the purpose and the calling of Jesus, not your own personal agenda. Now, of course, that's a massive thought, isn't it? That's a massive. That means that as a parent, my primary job 
is to help who help my children to see Christ in me, for me to evidence and to, to somehow or another be a representation of Jesus as a father or as a mother, you know, as a, as a parent, you know. Uh, and if they see that in me, that's going to be better for us all, you know. That if I'm somebody who, in the workplace, do I try to be a representation of Jesus, right, and, and be a good reflection of him, and that somehow or another, by doing that, there is a power available in God to make that, to, 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 to strengthen that, to get that and, and you know <laughs> of course we have to then define what that means to be a witness you know because you know all this sort of whole load of imagery conjures up I was listening to um, a friend of mine was saying about his a friend of his recently his little little boy has decided he wants to be a Christian this guy's not a Christian you know uh, and he, he's picked that up somewhere and he's come home and he says to his dad you know I want to be a Christian and so his dad says to him well that's great okay that's fine he says so you're going to be a full-on Christian now are you and so his little boy said to him, oh, no, no, no. He said, um, you know, I'm going to be half Christian and half normal. <laughs> Says a lot, doesn't it, hey? You know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, we think it's all about just getting out there and being the people who stand on the street box and shout it out. And, and all those things may be okay, but what we're actually talking about here is embodying the life and the nature and the image of Christ. The church is called to be the body of Christ, to be incarnate in this world. And we talked last week about how the book of Acts, you know, in many ways it's about, um, you know, speaking the words of God as we live, incarnate the, the, the presence of Jesus, empowered by his spirit. And, and, and that surely is about this witness. So taking this message of Jesus in an embodied way, not just in words, but in the way that we live our lives. Sometimes I think people who just see Christian witness as what we say and then live in some different way, do more harm than good, if I'm really honest. It matters how we share our faith. It matters how we represent Christ in the world. And so if we want to be a church that looks anywhere remotely like the Church of Acts, we have to be those whose priority are the agendas of God and seeking to look like Jesus as much as we can. I'm finding that conversation all over the place, wherever I go at the moment, people, you know, people talking about how in this season what we've recognised is that more and more that Christianity is fundamentally about following and being like Jesus. And we've got to rediscover what that means. Yes, we have to organise ourselves and we have to do certain things as a community together, but if it doesn't look like Jesus, if it's not taking us deeper into Christ, if it's not helping us to live more like him, if we're not able to look more like the, 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 what, the Sermon on the Mount and, and the outworking of that, if we're not able to look more like the Jesus in the Gospels, then we, you know, we're wasting the time, really. And issues of power, control, and... Uh, and, and um, uh, you know, legalism and rules and regulations that are not necessary, all that sort of stuff. Let's make sure we get back into being those whose primary commitment, commitment is to be a Jesus witness wherever we go. And then the second thought that perhaps we can touch on, we're probably going to have to pick the other two things up another time, is this um, issue here that we see um, of um, 
what happens in the moment. You know, just imagine being there. I like to try and get myself into thinking about what the moment looked like in the scriptures, you know, and, and live the story. And, and I'm thinking, you know, these guys, they go out with Jesus onto, um, you know, in, in, where he's about to, into the mount, where he's about to be uh, taken up to heaven. And he's, he's standing there and he's saying to them, you know, you're going to be my witnesses and all that. And then, and then suddenly... Suddenly, I don't know whether it was suddenly or not really, but in front of their eyes, he's, he, he floats into the sky. <laughs> no, I don't know that really happened, how it really went, but, but you know, Jesus is taking, yeah, I mean, I bet they thought to themselves, you know, we've seen some things. These guys had seen Jesus raise people from the dead, they'd seen him heal people that were blind, they'd seen him come back to life after being brutally tortured and beaten. They'd seen all of those things, they'd seen him had to walk through walls of this new resurrected body, had been all these things, and they're thinking, well, surely nothing else. And then now he flies up into the skies and he's taken up into the clouds, and, 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 I, and I, you know, I can almost just imagine really they're standing there looking mouth up what just happened there and these angels turn up and say <laughs> close the jaw boys close your mouth this you know and 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 say to him why are you looking up there why are you stuck in this moment actually where you got to go back now he's going to come back just like you've seen him go yeah he's just he's going to come back and 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 that now is what you've got to turn your attention to and I guess really the thought that I just want us to get there is that they could have got stuck in that moment and they needed a little bit of angelic vision, a little bit of angelic input to help them to turn around and start facing to the future. They were stuck in the moment, stuck in the past, stuck in looking at what had been rather than actually, and they needed help to sort of just turn around and say, Ashley, there is an even greater moment coming. If they thought Jesus flying into the sky on that ascension was great, it's going to come a time when he comes back in the clouds with all those that have died before. And, you know, we're, it will be awesome beyond belief. And, and they're saying, no, get that. It became what, it's become what's known as the great Christian hope. The idea that we are looking for the resurrection to come. When everybody is resurrected. When, when Jesus wraps this whole dirty nonsense up that we see around us in this world. And, and a new eternity that is, that is lived in the, the goodness and the life of God begins. And, and I say, look forward to that. Get your attention looking forward. And again, over the centuries that follow, Christians again and again have managed to somehow or another get stuck in moments of glory where it's been an like awesome moment and stayed there and not moved on. Now, I haven't got a lot more time here, really. So just really quickly, the thought I want us just to walk forward with out of this is that, is that um, let's not be those who just get stuck on looking back. Let's be those who look forward and are constantly drawn towards the future reconnection, um, re, um, if you like, with Jesus, with his creation when he comes back. There's a little quote. I just want to read this in some um, from... Um, uh, oh dear, excuse me, sorry, from C.S. Lewis, it says if this, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were those who fought the most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. Aim at heaven, you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. 
Again, time's running out, so lots I would love to say on this, but just the thoughts I really want to pull together with this is, is, is that, you know, a lot of people are saying, when are we going to get back to normal? And they're saying that in the church context, they're saying it in the Christian life context, but there's a new normal now. <laughs> there's a new. And let's be sure that we are those who, who don't look back seeking for the old days. It says in Ecclesiastes that it is not good. Um, let me get this right. This, you know, what, it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, 10, 10 why, were, why say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Constantly looking back for something that we can no longer have is not going to help us. Now this last year, we've seen some amazing moments of glory where just God has met us and worked with us. We've also had some painful moments, some things where we've suffered loss, maybe relational, maybe it might be in terms of events and things that could have happened. And, and we can look back and get stuck on those moments, or we can say, you know, there is something more to come. Something more. To, and if we want to be people who embody the book of Acts, I know it's not always easy to do these things, but I have an attitude that says, you know, I'm going to try the best I can to be forward-facing, to see that, you know, that the, 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 the mercies of God are new every day. Every day there is a freshness in God. His mercies are new. I'm trying to think of the scriptures. Forgive me, I should have looked it up really. But, you know, every, that, uh, that we, are, we are looking, that every day there is a freshness and a fresh moment in God. So pulling these thoughts together then, really, these two things. I'm also going to talk a little bit about praying together and, you know, and, and the way that they let the scriptures govern their lives. could talk about that as well, but, you know, we've already taken quite a bit of time here. So they, they were people who prioritised the witness of Jesus, and they were people who learnt to be forward-looking. However we want to put things back together, in our personal lives, in our home lives, in the work environment, in, in church life together, let's make sure that we try to do it in a way that looks like Jesus, eh? And let's be make sure that we do it in a way that is full of the future hope of the resurrection and of the eternity to come. And that somehow or another in that forward facing, we're also saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm excited about what God is going to do in us, believing that there is an anointing that we're meant to walk into and live in. I'm excited about what church can look like. But maybe, maybe some of these thoughts can help us to get ourselves in a place to be that. Okay, God bless you. Sorry for some of the background noise here, but hey, God bless you. Bye.
let's just pray for a moment shall we we'll just sit in a place of <clears throat> sit in a place of reflection before God Holy Spirit you're welcome here I wonder if you've said to the Lord recently in any time Lord will you help me to be more like Jesus or you said to the Lord you know will you help me to be more like you and I wonder if we can just go with that thought just for a moment, if that's okay. Just as we sit in an attitude of prayer, in an attitude of reflection. You might want to just say to Jesus, Lord, help me to be like you. Help me to be more like you, Lord. And as we're reflecting, you might be coming, things might be coming to your mind, you're thinking to yourself, well, actually, what I did there or what I said there on, on an occasion recently didn't really look like Jesus. Well, just say sorry to him for that, hey? Just say sorry. And he'll fill you with grace and forgiveness and you can move forward. And in that attitude, we're going to break bread together. And as we break bread this morning, let me invite you to, to do those two things. To say to Jesus, I'm sorry for when I haven't looked like you. But Lord, will you let me look like you moving forward? Before he departed, Jesus said this. It's a new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. That we look like Jesus in love. We look like Jesus in all that we do. So let's pause for a second. Speak to the Lord and then we'll break bread. And remembering that Jesus is our great example and the one who has gone before us. In that great act of love when he offered himself. Help us, Jesus, to look like you in every way we can. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blood that was shed for us brings us into this agreement that is binding for all eternity that we are part of your family we love you Jesus let's take the drink shall we? If you've got prayer requests you'd like us to pray for, then please put them on the feed, the um, live feed there. I see that Kate's put a prayer request for us to pray for a young lad called Denon. 
an accident this week. It's a lot of pain, but he has started to walk again. So he walked yesterday. So let's just pray for him in a moment. If you've got any other prayer requests, please put them on there. Appreciate praying for Wendy. She's having an operation on a have a bone removed from her right uh, hand this week on a arthritic bone. Just pray for her if that's okay. Any other prayer requests that you might have today, please feel free to write them up there. I'm just going to start to pray now, and um, and then we'll pick up on some of those individual prayers. But pray for some of those things around the world that we are seeing at the moment. So Lord, we just want to continue to pray, Lord, for our world. Continue to pray, Lord, that your kingdom will come and your will be done on this earth, Lord, as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray for the um, the coronavirus to be thwarted, Lord. We want to pray for the vaccine to be pearled out across the world, Lord. I want to pray for those nations that, particularly India, Lord, that are facing such a terrible time at the moment, Lord. Bring healing, we pray. God, we pray that the emergence of these more aggressive um, um, variants of the virus, Lord, we pray against them, Lord, and pray that, God, you would stop them, Lord. We pray, Lord, for um, put, um, unrest around the world, particularly we think at the moment of the Middle East and what we're seeing, Lord, in um, Palestine and Israel. And, uh, and, and, Lord, we pray, oh God, for peace, Lord. We pray for peace and for the necessary attitudes that will bring about peace, Lord. Pray for those who are brokering peace, that, Lord, you would be with them, Lord. We pray for those that are suffering hardship, Lord, because of the uh, global situation that we find ourselves in, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, for you to meet needs, Lord. To show yourself to be the provider, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pray for those who take decisions on our behalf. We pray, God, that you would be with them, empowering them and helping them to make right choices. We pray for this young lad, Denon, Father. We pray, God, that you would um, that you would accelerate his healing and that, God, that everything will heal back as it should, Lord. Pray for Belinda's mum, Lord, and we just pray, Lord Jesus, that, um, Lord, you would help her to cope with life, Lord. And pray for Belinda, Lord, but this, this hernia, Lord, this will, you know, will heal, Father God. Stop giving her the trouble that it is, Lord. Lord Jesus. Pray for other needs that people have this morning that are on their minds. We pray, Lord Jesus, for you to meet them at their point of need. Lord Jesus. Give us wisdom, Lord, as well as you know how we think about um, as a church reassembling and in, in, in other you know physically Lord and how we will go about that we just give us wisdom we pray Lord and we pray for your blessing on our town on our community on our friends and families Lord we love you God let's worship together together shall we in one more song it's a beautiful song here again
Awesome. Well, the Lord bless you. Have a really great week, won't you, in all that you do. Um, Gary will be thinking of you tomorrow, and we, we do just pray for God's blessing upon that, uh, upon that funeral tomorrow, and just be with everybody, we pray, Lord Jesus. So God bless. Have a great week, won't you? And um, please join us for coffee, and uh, I'll put the slide up in just a moment for you to be able to join. Um, it's great just to be able to chat and have a, you know, meet with people for a coffee on, on, online afterwards as well, isn't there? So God bless. Have a great week. Let's seek to be like Jesus and let's keep looking forward towards, let our future and our forward expectations be fueled with an, expe with an expectation that is filled with being like Jesus and the power of the resurrection to come. Hey, Lord bless you.